Bucknutters. It is Tuesday, February the 6th, 2024. I am Dan Rubin. This is the Bucknuts Morning 5 and Change. A day before National Signing Day doesn't mean quite what it used to. Got Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter coming up. We have a great show planned for you today. Thanks to Ohio State being sick in the offseason. Great stuff to talk about. Uh, even more today. And we will get into it. First, I want to tell you about one of our sponsors. That is Factor Meals. You probably have heard about them. They are a big sponsor for some huge media companies. And I'm telling you, this is good stuff. There have been products on here that we have not had a chance to uh, authenticize. Is that a word? It's not. But authenticate, that might be a word. And I can tell you that Factor Meals are delicious. I've said this many times. I am somewhat of a food snob especially with meat in the microwave. I don't like it. Chicken in the microwave from Factor is delicious. Their delicious ready-to-eat meals make everyday eating better and easier. Whatever tomorrow takes you, be ready with pre-prepared, chef-crafted, and dietitian-approved meals delivered right to your door. Two-minute meals, you can fuel up with Factor's restaurant-quality meals that are ready to eat and eat whatever you are. Snacks, smoothies, and more. Discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. You can sign up and save. Factor is less expensive than takeout. Every meal is dietitian approved, nutritious, and delicious. If you're looking for fast, upscale options, this is your spot. Get as little or as much as you need by choosing 6 to 18 meals per week. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to eat and eat. So there's no prepping, cooking, or cleanup needed. Head to factormeals.com slash bucknuts50. Use that code bucknuts50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box. While the subscription is active, that is code bucknuts50 at factormeals.com slash bucknuts50 to get 50% off your first box, two free wellness shots per box. While the subscription is active, Speaking of active, look at who I got here. The great Bill Kerlick and Mark Porter. Once again, gentlemen, we have five-star additions to talk about. I would like to thank the Ohio State staff for making the last five or six shows of ours literally the easiest ever to program. Naeem offered, what's better than the first cornerback in the country, or might I say having the best corner in the country on your team having the first and second best corner on your team bill naeem offered we already know about devin sanchez everybody in this show and on this thread that participates knows about team sanchez kicking some tail for us naeem offered has joined the fold and he is incredibly highly ranked and much like his classmate devin i don't see a weakness bill you know, the interesting thing is there that um, they're both uh, from quite a distance away, one from Texas, one uh, from Alabama, but their families are into Ohio State in recruiting. I mean, uh, Mr. Sanchez, Daniel Sanchez, he is, I think he's almost on staff now at Ohio State. He's doing such a great job recruiting. And then you had, I think, um, maybe a record for family members making a visit to Ohio State. When you looked at the uh, group that the offers 
brought up to Ohio State this past weekend. They are all in on Ohio State. So, you know, you, you sometimes worry about um, kids making commitments this early from distance like that and all. But in these two cases, you know, I'm not saying there's absolutely zero worry, but these families are just as all into Ohio State as the uh, the player, their son, themselves. So it's a great thing to have. The, which one do you want to put number one? Which one do you want to put number two? The difference what if you go by the composite or the 247 rankings, and they're that good. I mean, they are really that good. There were corners that have length, um, that'll, that'll make plays. Uh, Offered might be just about as good on offense with his hands on the ball as he is on defense. You know, it's it's a tremendous thing for Ohio State. Sometimes when you have a tremendous corner and another great receiver on their team, say, oh, will he travel with him? No need. Whichever side you go to here, you are screwed. Mark, you took a look at him. What do you think? And maybe uh, compare him with Sanchez and put him in context. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to go out on a limb here, and I'm going to be a little less politically correct. I, I take Sanchez over the other one. I just Sanchez, I have a man crush on. I think he's a little longer, did a little more uh, wild stuff on film. But that's like, you know, picking at the top of the tip of the spear and like what's the sharpest point. I, I hate to do that because Bill's right. When they're one and two, everybody wants you to make a call. And I'm usually the guy that doesn't. And I stand up. No, I'm not making a call. I fell in love with Sanchez. So, you know, Offord is right up there. He has the length. Bill, I'm glad you pointed it out on offense because that's where you can see his go-go juice. I, he does a little uh, bubble screen and he just leaves everybody in the dust by 15 yards. I mean, it's just you can see the wheels. He is a pure corner, can run with everybody. What's nice about him is he's well-versed in a lot of coverages. He'll play up in your face. He'll bump you. He'll play man-to-man. He'll read you in zone from seven yards off, meaning it looks like he's about to drop over the top. And next thing you know, he's <laughs> screaming into the flats to pick off an interception. Um, he's a savvy kid. He's one of those kids who's got a little game to him where he kind of knows what you're trying to do to him. Like, he, like, oh, you're trying to set me up when you're going to do this route combo. I know I'm going to set you up and I'm going to. So I kind of like his instincts back there. He made some really veteran play. So you're right. I mean, these guys, one and two, but, uh, you know, I'll be the guy that the bad guy today. And it's not because Miss Sanchez is, you know, a part of this program, but, you know, you're right. You don't have to travel with these guys. You can put them on one side or the other. Uh, the, the length is probably the value. You know, there's a lot of guys that can do things, but these guys are just longer versions of the smaller guys doing it. Bill, their national rankings, you assume, would stay solid. I would certainly think so. I, uh, you know, I, I haven't seen anybody uh, better unless, you know, it's interesting. I just got off the phone with the um, uh, the coach of Dorian Brew. My next and, question, take it. And we uh, talked quite a while about, you know, where things are with Dorian right now and all. And um, uh, I hate to say that he is as good or better necessarily than those two at corner. But when you put in his ability to play safety, he's there right there with them. I mean, he's that good uh, at either safety or corner. And, you know, you look at Offord, you look at the, uh, Sanchez, and you say, well, those are corners. You look at Dorian Brew and you say, I don't know. He's so good at both positions. 
Uh, and one thing that um, Ohio State, when they were there recently to see Dorian Brew, it was a whole contingent as they have been doing most of January. It was Ryan Day was was down there. Um, Tim Walton was down there. Matt Guerrero was down there. You don't send your corners and safeties coach. And Jim Knowles was down there all together. You don't send all those people, including your safeties and corners coach, if you don't think he has the ability necessarily to play those two positions. And he does. So, um, boy, it's uh, an interesting time for Ohio State defensive back recruiting. It's not just corners they're, they're, they're going after. It's safeties and, and you know, it's just a great time for a high state defensive back recruiting. Bill, as I look at my notes here, I was going to ask you about brew next. Every time, look, here are the two trigger reactions we get at Bucknuts glee. And then we can't keep them. And then did he push someone out? So here we've gone through the glee. Uh, we've talked briefly about how to be slightly difficult to keep him on board um, because he's, he's desired. And then will he push somebody out? Dorian Brew comes up. Everyone wants to talk about Dorian. Where do you think he stands recruiting-wise with the other additions? Um, once you make a, a date to announce and you push that back, that makes people a little leery. Can you bring us up to speed on his recruiting? And then could you bleed that into a discussion of Fahim Delane out of Good Counsel, another safety they've gone after whose stars are in the quintet version. And there has been, I think, Steve Wiltfong if I can say that correctly, has rolled a crystal ball towards the Buckeyes. And Brian, Brian Doan as well. Great. Um, had a crystal ball for the lane. Uh, you know, those guys, the two that you mentioned there, Brew and Delane, they're not being pushed out by anyone. I mean, they're, they're that good. They're national recruits. And then you've got uh, Trey McNutt. We haven't even talked about him. Guy. Yep. And, and, you know, another guy that we don't talk about enough that Ohio State really likes, when we talk about the secondary mix, is Cody Haddad from Cleveland State Ignatius. Uh, they have been putting the full court press on him, too. Um, uh, Ryan Day was just there uh, last week, late last week on Friday, I believe it was. Um, and I think Jim Knowles, they were they sat down for, I believe, uh, well, for quite a bit with Cody Haddad and talked to him. And he's real, a Wisconsin commitment right now, but Ohio State is putting the press on for him too. So you look at all those guys, and um, they're not being pushed out. Uh, they're very, very much in the running to, be, to end up at Ohio State. Uh, again, at, at this time, uh, Cody Haddad is committed to Wisconsin, but Ohio State's not backing off on him. Delane is the number one safety um, across the board. Good Council High School in Washington, uh, excuse me, in Olney, Maryland, but it's in the WCAC. You're playing DeMatha. You're playing Gonzaga. They seem like they've made a real nice run on him, Bill. Um, they've had success in that area. That's where Chase Young is from, obviously. Your thoughts on Delane. The two schools he's considering, it looks like, if I'm not wrong, are Oregon and Ohio State, so we may actually win the proximity game there. Yeah, I, um, it's interesting. This summer, Fahim Delane told me that he was going—he would make an be making an official visit to Ohio State. He said because, uh, and again, this is back in the summer. He said Ohio State's one of my top two schools, and you always like it when you hear Ohio State is one of the top two schools, but you don't necessarily know 
exactly, at least at that point, who the other one was. That's a good thing. Um, and he has continued to say Ohio State is a top two school for him. Uh, right now, I would say I'd agree with you. I'd say Oregon is the other school in that mix. But I think that's fluctuated a little bit. But Ohio State has always been there. So it's, it's, you know, it's no shock that uh, Ohio State is up there and that he can be crystal ball to Ohio State. He's long had Ohio State as a top two school on his list. And you mentioned Daniel Sanchez, father of Devin. I know I've seen somewhere where he wrote Delane must get, and I saw Dietrich Sanchez saying how they've met him. So I would like to thank all of the members of our new secondary for helping recruit. Mark, you took a look at Fahim Delane. He plays in the WCAC, and you guys hear me talk about this a lot. It is very high-quality athletics. Most guys who thrive in the WCAC are Division I football players. Um, very, very quality. Stefan Diggs went to good counsel, if you need a, a point of reference. So one thing also about D.C. kids, and I've said this, they'll go anywhere if you look. There's no school. like uh, Maryland is right next door, but there's no, like, uh, there's no love for Ohio State and D.C. in terms of, like, you get offered, you go there. They go everywhere. Go look at the top players in the D.C. area. They'll go to South Carolina. They'll go to Stanford. They'll go all across the country. So a kid from D.C. looking at Ohio State is a good thing, especially if he's also looking at um, Oregon. Mark, your thoughts on Delane as a player? Yeah, 24-7 has him listed at 6'2.5", which that's pretty tall back there. And, and they could be getting taller. And that's why I kind of bring that up is he looks long and skinny on film and he's listed at 195 pounds. So, you know, he's kind of like, like a, yeah, he's kind of like a three tool player. You kind of have this thing where, wow, could he be 210, 215 and be some sort of a linebacker? Probably not, but that's in the realm. And then you see him play corner a little bit and come off the edge and block some kicks. And you're like, wow, that's a lot of length to be covering people a corner. And then you see him at his real job safety where, He's all over the field. He's coming up like a linebacker. He's dropping in coverage. He's blitzing. Um, and this is, you know, we say about Brian Hartline, he has a type. Uh, Jim Knowles has a type at safety, and it's called versatile. And it's a guy that can line up and be that three-tool player. He's got some linebacker. He's got some corner in him. He's got some safety in him. Uh, and he's got the size to match up with anybody. Uh, will he match up with a little five-six jitterbug? I don't know if he can do that, but – boy, this kid is special, and I can see why the ranking's so high nationally on him because you're not going to find many kids with this type of range, speed, and hitting ability. That That's like the equation. Sometimes these corners don't come up and hit or these safeties don't come up and hit. He's playing a lot of linebacker in the box where it makes you think linebacker. I don't think linebacker and on the road, but it, it it's what you want to see on film that would make you think that. Yeah, and one thing I love about kids from the WCAC is, like I said, they're battle-tested, and much like kids from Ohio, the WCAC is known for tremendous coaching. Um, if you turn on ESPN in the fall, uh, Gonzaga, St. John's, DeMatha, Archbishop Carroll, McNamara, they're all in this – Paul VI, they're all in the same league. So then you play an out-of-conference schedule, they'll, they'll play a Florida team or two. So these guys are absolutely battle-tested. And – um ready to rock. So that's, that's very cool. Here's another theme that's developing bill. The, the, was it the yellow hammer state? I had to look that up. That's the state of Alabama. Um, you got me there, Dan. I, I did not I know, know that. They took a Google search and I still almost blew <laughs> it. Um, 
what's interesting about Alabama is per capita, it actually produces a lot of division one football players. It's not a very big state. Um, those guys always went to guess where Alabama, a certain gentleman left Alabama. And now it seems there's a theme developing here. Naeem Alford. Where's he from? Alabama. Micah DeBose, an offensive lineman, Ohio state has been recruiting heavily. If you've been following the Dean here, where's he from? Originally Ohio, but he lives now in Alabama. Ohio State offered the number one defensive end in the country, Zion Grady, Ziggy Grady, I'm told. He's from Alabama. Bill, are we, start, are we trying to stick a hot poker in the eye of the Crimson Tide fans? I think they're trying to build their roster with great players. But, yeah, it worked. Uh, um, you know, I've long said that Ohio State, when they see a state that <coughs> becomes – open, so to speak, for whatever reason, they do a great job of going after top players in the state. For instance, when when uh, things were down in the state of Tennessee, Ohio State, they got some guys out of that state um, that, you know, maybe normally might go to Tennessee, but things were down at that point. And so Ohio State made that a priority state. They do that really well. Now with the transition from Nick Saban to a new coach at Alabama, it's uh, it's attacked the state of Alabama recruiting-wise, and they're doing a great job of it. You mentioned, um, obviously, they have offered. Uh, they're going after DeBose and now Ziggy Grady. That's an interesting, interesting conversation I had with Ziggy Grady last night. Um, he said that that offer from Ohio State, as he put it, came totally out of the blue. He wasn't expecting that. And I don't think it was a coincidence that they had just got offered uh, to commit uh, that an offer to Ziggy Grady comes totally out of the blue. And lo and behold, he's interested. He told me he is going to get up here to Columbus and he is going to visit Ohio State this spring. So, yeah, it's uh, open season, so to speak, on the state of Alabama. And, and I was mentioning that you know, I've done this 36, whatever, 36 years, I believe, 37 maybe. And I can't remember, and maybe somebody out there can correct me, but uh, I can't remember Ohio State actually signing a kid from Alabama in those 36 years that I've been doing this. Wow, wow. I never even thought of that. I got to go wow. get, I gotta go check the books on that. It's kind of surprising. if You, you would think one guy would slip through. Um, I know Louisiana has always been like the bane of our existence, but we've even been able to get a couple guys out of there. So, yep. I hope, Not, yeah. Uh, Again, somebody might correct me on that, but I just, I, I was just, I didn't do any research on it. I just thought off the top of my head, I can't recall a kid actually signing with Ohio State from Alabama since I've done this. I don't know about you, but I don't go out of my way to correct someone they call the dean. That's how you end up in the principal's office, a place I was very comfortable with. Let's take a quick break here if I can introduce our, our other sponsor, and you'll be thankful, people. It is Manscaped, and I will not discuss it in other regions. It's time for the ultimate face-off. The Beard Bowl is here. As the two best teams square off to see who the champion of facial fuzz is, our friends at Manscaped are prepping. Everything you need for game day. Manscaped's Beard Hedger Pro Kit is the MVP of facial grooming. Offering precision trimming, water-resistant technology, and enough styling options to outplay any opponent. And guess what? You can join the winning team along with the 10 
million men who already trust Manscaped with our special offer. Go to manscaped.com and use code BUCKNUTS for 20% off and free shipping. Craft your winning look with Manscaped. Manscaped, excuse me. Featuring the Beard Hedger Cordless Trimmer. It packs one guard with 20 different lengths. That's right. No more messy drawers full of guards. But wait, there's more. The Beard Hedger is water resistant as well. Run it under the sink and shave in the shower for easy cleanups. And lastly, as a bonus, Manscaped has thrown in a beard accessory pack. Beard brush, beard comb, and beard scissors. For the finishing touches every modern bearded gentleman deserves. I'm getting up there. That playoff beard has never looked better. Trust Manscaped to get the job done. Get 20% off and free shipping with our code BUCKNUTS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off. Free shipping. Manscaped.com with our code BUCKNUTS. And we do jest about Manscaped a lot, but 10 million is 10 million. And I do have the beard hedger and the nose trimmer and stuff. High quality products. All right. What do I have left here? Bill, we're going to go to the questions here. Two questions I get every time I leave my house. One, is Ozzy Trapillo coming to Ohio State from Boston College? Two, is Bill O'Brien leaving Ohio State for Boston College? <laughs> William. Easy questions to answer, right? <laughs> the Beantown two-step for us, please. Well, you know, if I were a betting man, and I'm not a betting man, I, I probably would go with O'Brien getting getting the job at Boston College. You would go, you, you would would, go with him getting I probably would go with that, but... You know, having said that, I don't. I don't know that he's gonna. He's gonna be the guy. I just think from what I'm hearing is that he's their their lead candidate. And you know, does he want to do that, or um, does he want to go stay at Ohio State for for a bit here? I you know that, that's a that's a question only Bill O'Brien can answer for sure. Um, as far as Trapio, I think a lot depends on who the coach is. I think there's a there's a reason. It, it's kind of in this day and age of the transfer portal, when a school's head coach leaves and we're about a week out from that and we have yet to see a Boston College player enter the transfer portal unless somebody did this morning that I don't know about. That's pretty unusual. I, I, and I talked to somebody yesterday and um, really the, the, the general feeling there is is that they're waiting to see who the head coach is. And if it's Bill O'Brien, I think that that will probably help stem any tide uh, of guys leaving Boston College. Um, that's my personal opinion. Um, so we'll see what happens there. Ozzy Trapio, you know, I, I think that he is looking, trying to wait it out a little bit to see who ha- what happens with the head coach. He's pretty entrenched. You've mentioned this before, Dan. He's pretty entrenched with all, all all things Boston College. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah, he's an interesting guy. So his father played for Boston College and in the NFL. In fact, if you look at the old um, – the Doug Flutie Hail Mary pass, he is lifted into the air by an offensive lineman. That is uh, Steve Trapio who does that. Steve Trapio died when he was 39 years old. And uh, – I can do the math here. So I don't think Ozzy spent a, got to spend a lot of time with him, unfortunately, but he did follow in his dad's footsteps. He went to Boston college prep. Okay. So I'm not sure you can get any closer. He lives in chestnut Hill. 
And uh, Mark will tell you, if you talk to people on the Boston College staff, he was almost like their, you know, uh, spokesperson. He was the guy, the first guy the media went to and uh, kind of the, uh, the face of the program from the bigger dudes. So it is going to be hard to get him out of there. There's no question going to Ohio State would improve his future, and he's an absolutely an NFL prospect. Second team all ACC, first team all ACC from PFF. Um, six foot eight, 313 pounds. He's pretty much exactly what Ohio State is looking for. Um, <coughs> you guys can both handle this one. I would say this, though. If they don't get Ozzy Trapio, I would be surprised if by the time they take the field for spring, they don't have another offense, offensive lineman transfer in there. Bill, would you agree with that? Uh, well, they're certainly going to keep looking if they don't get Trapeo. And there again, we've talked about this ad nauseum. There's another transfer portal period coming up. Um, right. So uh, if they can get somebody that will help them, yeah, absolutely. All right, let's start to take some questions. But, 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 there, was, there was a question from a dad about uh, a sign that, you know, if I had yeah. watched. I got it. I'll find it. I'll find it. Yeah, it's McKinstry. It's McKinstry. McKinstry from Grove City. I saw them play against Gahana Lincoln. Uh, He's mostly a running back, but have him sign up and get in the system. He's not in my system right now. Uh, But I appreciate the question. And, you know, that was just kind of following the comments there. And for some reason, I can't comment back today. When Mark says get in the system, he means scouting Ohio. Mark runs the biggest database for Ohio uh, prep prospects in football in the world. And best. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And we're not talking about just believe me. How many guys go to Ohio State every year out of Ohio? A scant few. I can count them on two hands or less. The amount of kids that go to play football out of Ohio is staggering. So you need to get on here if you want to be recruited correctly. This is the resource coaches use to recruit the state of Ohio. Okay? So if your son wants to keep playing or you're watching this show now, get on it. Um, if you're not in the system, you're – if you're not in this system, you ain't getting recruited. Facts. Um, all right. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Let's go to some questions. 76-25 O'Brien stays. Look at that. 101%. This dude is 100% is not good enough. We're going even further. Let me see if I have any more good questions here. I, 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 I'm worried about uh, Julian saying. I mean, he, why? Well, why did he come here? No, he can't transfer. He's got to sit I, out a year. I know. There's but no I, I, chance Lance I, I, I shouldn't say. I shouldn't say worry about whatever, but. I think, yeah, when you talk about Bill O'Brien, the loser in this, if he leaves, is Julian saying he came in because, you know, didn't he have a relationship or a connection there? He maybe felt like he had an in or an inside track to the 
to the starting <laughs> job in the future. And not not that his ability changes overnight, but boy, it's nice when you're friends with the OC. It is. And I did make a call on this and I was told, sure, he would love Bill O'Brien to be here and it helped, but it's not like Ohio State is scant on um I've used scant now twice. I won't do that again. On uh quarterback development. So and keep in mind, if Bill O'Brien leaves, he too will be replaced on the staff. I don't think that the decision to bring in Bill O'Brien was as much of a just a Bill O'Brien decision as it was to altering the position um, Ryan Day has within the staff. So we'll go to that. I mentioned this yesterday uh, afternoon in my column. Right now it's business as usual at Ohio State. They had a staff meeting on Monday. Bill O'Brien was at that staff meeting working, and he's working for Ohio State. So right now it's business as usual that uh, he is on the staff and, and working as though he will continue to be on the staff. So we'll see and I'll say happens. this. The coverage of the O'Brien stuff here, it's all over the map. So I'm not – I'd be hard-pressed to tell you what's exactly going on right now because I've heard from a lot of different people. And if you read a lot of different stuff, whether he's interviewing, whether he's there or not, I think we just let this one play out and we'll go from there. I was letting Mark buy time there, and I saw his eyes darting around his other computers. <laughs> Jeff Massarella asked, if you have time, <clears throat> which he just did, can I get a quick rundown of Youngstown Warren kids that are Ohio State caliber? Jeff is living in the land of the Gamecocks. Yeah, Ohio State caliber is what trips that question up a little bit. Sure because like Dan mentioned, there's only a few that have that. Um, Angelo DeLucia from Canfield might be the best prospect in the area. Uh, 6'5", 265-pound tight end that may be headed the defense offensive line in college. Um, his offer list has been growing. I know he's out on the visit trail. Uh, Chas Coleman is a quarterback at Warren Harding that's like a Terrell Pryor with length but very raw. Um, Jay Sean Lindsay's a great-looking running back at Valley Christian. Um, there's – Gomez over at uh, Cardinal Mooney that's got a Kentucky offer early on. Drew McCollin is the other quarterback at Warren Hardy. So they actually have two quarterbacks on my list. Both are very good. And I'm just throwing some love to the Youngstown players. I know these aren't all Ohio State guys. Uh, Trenton Winford is a big lineman at Cheney. Terrian Davis is Ursuline's top prospect. He just picked up his first MAC offers. Uh, Devin Brand and Jason Dukes out of uh, Struthers both had 1,000-yard seasons and are defensive backs. Uh, a lot of guys in Youngstown, but I think I would have to classify these names as camp guys that would have to go to an Ohio State camp and light it up their senior year. So no love really this year for the Ohio State uh, coaches. There are some underclassmen that, you know, some 26s and 27s, but again, they're probably going to have to camp too. They're a little bit too young to pop the offer right now, but I think the 26 class, we might have a few. And that's not us being negative. It is very hard to get an offer from Ohio State. You're competing literally against the world. Yeah. Um, speak, speaking of linemen and offers, uh, in my column yesterday, I mentioned um, uh, a 2026 offensive lineman that Mark is well aware of, Adam Guthrie uh, from Washington Courthouse, Miami Trace. You look at Ohio for 2026 offensive linemen, my goodness, it's good. Not really exactly good. a football powerhouse, by the way. Yeah, yeah um, you've got – uh, Maxwell Riley, who's been offered by Ohio State from Northeast Ohio. You've got Sam Greer, mm-hmm. who's been offered by Ohio State from Akron Hoban. You got Will Conroy, 
at Cleveland, St. Ignatius, who's been offered by Ohio State, and Adam Guthrie, who Justin Fry went to see on Friday, has 19 offers already as a 2026 offensive lineman. He's six foot seven, 260 pounds. That's four guys in Ohio from the class of 2026. Justin Fry might not get many frequent flyer miles in, in 2026 because Ohio is so good, so strong with offensive linemen in that class. Bill, I'll guarantee you someone takes what you just said and holds it against Justin Fry on the message board. Why isn't he traveling and finding all the best players? Anyway, Mark, that sounds like four tackle prospects. Who's our left tackle? Yeah, that is. And then I, I think you said Adam Guthrie. I think that was the class of 2023 Guthrie from Miami Trace that is reclassified. I think he uh, was trying to transfer this year. I think there's brothers, and we're talking about the younger brother in the class of 2026. So there's there's some pedigree in that family for large humans. Um, yeah. Picking out the tackle, they could all play tackle at this point. You know, they're so young. I hate to say a young kid It's in the class of 2026, his future is cemented, but the reason they're elite is their feet, and that's what gives you the tackle, you know, eligibility. But body type-wise, these aren't like fire hydrants here. These are bigger yeah. basketball player types. Yeah, and that's that's why. That's the value. I mean, I, in my list, when I do my list of linemen, you can see the top guys always have that basketball type right. of body where you can add weight, where they can run. And then there's a lot of guys that get into that 6'3 mold of like you're saying more of a fire hydrant more of right. a plugger the guard and it, it's amazing how there's less value with those players but sometimes they're actually better uh they're, they're really good football players but they get dinged because they don't have that that ultimate tap or that ultimate uh over the top potential you know with the it length does seem, it does seem you can correct me if i'm wrong but from a recruiting perspective four guys with tackle potential though in one class i'm having a hard time going back and remembering that in ohio yeah it was like paris johnson days and stuff like that i think there were a couple three three of those guys are definitely tackles guthrie who's the guard uh, riley and um uh, greer the guard is is conroy okay he's six three and a half okay right now about 275 and he plays tackle for St. Ignatius, but he is getting recruited more as an interior guy, uh, likely guard, maybe center. That's not to say he couldn't play tackle, but uh, he he's the guard guy among that foursome. Yeah. Greer and Guthrie just have ridiculous length. Maxwell would be the one that could go either way. And then Bill pointed out, you know, the size of Conroy, but he does play tackle. And, and, I, and you have seen – Tackles like that that are a little shorter make it with their feet. Not going to be here. Um, we were talking earlier about Dorian Brew, and those of you on the podcast can't see this, but Teacher Sanchez, I think Devin will be working out with Dorian next week. Hopefully we can talk to him. My <laughs> guess is if they're working out there, you guys will talk to him, and it will prove, improve Ohio State's chance of having him join the team. A very good thing. Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much ready to put them on staff. And if you think I'm kidding, you are wrong. Um, let's go. Oh, look at this. Some guy knows how to pick a place to live. Oh, here's an interesting one. If the topic of an offensive coordinator comes up, Eric Bieniemy should be available as every NFL team who didn't have an OC either hired one or was expected to, and none of them named Bieniemy. I don't see that happening. Um, I'm trying to think of a term to use to describe Bieniemy based on 
what I know about him in Washington. I think the term I'm going to use is hard ass. He's very hard on the players, and they didn't like it. Now, I'm not saying they were they were right. They were terrible. So maybe he was probably right. But um, I don't know if that works at Ohio State. We'll see. He certainly knows offense. He certainly has uh, helped develop a quarterback that's decent at football. Good Lord. Little My little gonna... side note about the enemy. I worked at a San Francisco 49er football camp in like 1993, and he was coming out of Colorado then. Um, he can throw the ball with his left hand and right hand equally as effective. Uh, roll out right, throw with your right hand, roll out left, throw with your left hand. Uh, he was there to be a punt returner because he was a shorter quarterback, but yeah, he, he so was the enemy's uh, the running back. He was a running back. You're talking about oh, uh, Darian Hagan. No, I think that it was might a quarterback have been in Colorado. I think now maybe you're right. Now maybe I am or Cordell Stewart. No, it wasn't Cordell, it was one of those two, but I remember. Watching him return punts, and I, I'm just thinking of him because he was a shorter guy. That yeah, he's a he bowling was, ball. Yeah, it was it was pretty neat to see. I mean, he, he had no use to do it in the NFL, but yeah, I'm sorry if I digressed in the wrong direction. No, no, he's a, he was a little bowling ball, a very good little running back. Right when Colorado got good for the first time, back in the day, and they had and, a quarterback um, pass away right about then too. Yes, his uh, name was Sal Anessi. Yep, Sal Anessi, and Sal Anessi, the head coach was Bill McCartney. And Sarah Nessie had a child with Bill McCartney's daughter. That'll break up a locker room. Um, yeah, Bill, what's going on in Georgia? You is, is I'll ask you this question, Bill. If you go to another, another team's message board and they're claiming Ohio State is trying to buy a championship or cheating, is that jealousy? <laughs> you know, uh, I don't know about that, but Ohio State – is doing what the NIL was really created for, in my opinion. It was created to reward guys based on what they've done at the schools. And that's what Ohio State has done. They've used NIL money to retain players based on the players' performances at those schools. You know, those guys that all stayed, JT and Jack Sawyer and – uh, Travion Henderson, just keep right on going down the list. Those guys are all proven. They earned their money for what they did at Ohio State. Ohio State is not going out and using their money, so to speak, to buy recruits. That's not what is happening. They're getting rewarded. Uh, their focus, first and foremost, was retention of players, and they did a great job of it. And the NIL, uh, that is more along the lines of what the NIL was supposed to be all about rather than going out and offering million-dollar uh, deals to high school kids. We talked earlier about uh, Alabama players on Ohio State's roster, and we didn't even mention the fact that Quinchon Judkins is from Alabama, which is another – that's a hot poker in the other eye. Um, <laughs> but Richard Real lets us know Judkins is the first Ohio State player from Alabama since wide receiver walk-on – Willie Salter in 2001. If you knew Willie Salter was from Alabama, you probably need to go check into someplace to have some kind of shock therapy or something, because that would have been literally a million. That's like the end of the uh, winning a million dollars on trivia time. Let's go here. I don't understand the vibe on Justin saying he's not going anywhere. 
He did not come here just for Bill O'Brien. There's a very good chance he would have come here regardless. Okay. Logan Battle asks, any update on Justin Hill, Bill? I think he means Justin Hill. <laughs> he could be huge for the class. Justin Hill is the defensive end athletic linebacker from Cincinnati. Both of you have seen him extensively. Could you both weigh in? I'll go quick first. I'll let Mark handle that then. Uh, he's from Winton Woods. Great player. When I saw him this season, he was absolutely dominant. I mean, he was tremendous. He gets after the passer. Um, he, he, he is, again, if you had a picture in the dictionary of the jack position at Ohio State, I think it would be Justin Hill that would be pictured. He could be that jack uh, guy at Ohio State. That's what they're recruiting him for. He recently visited Oregon, and it did go well. But most visits to Oregon go pretty well. But it, And I don't have a crystal ball pick on him right now. But if I had to put one in, I would put my pick in for Ohio State with Justin Hill. But again, I'm not. I don't have. I don't have a pick in for him. But I, I like where Ohio State stands right now with him. But there's a ways to go. He's going to announce in the summertime uh, on his birthday, so that's a ways off to go. Mark, put him in national perspective for us. Yeah, I think we've got an accurate depiction from the dean. But he is that coveted long body that can put his hand down in the dirt and come off the edge and be able to run and cover. He's got the ability, the athletic ability of that size, uh, which makes him so special. And that's that's what puts him on the national level. There aren't six four, six five guys that can run around and cover and come and pass rush and have that nastiness. Um, they're, they're, it's, it's always an either-or either thing. You always see a defensive end, you're like, yeah, he looks great at end, but ask him to go play in space and uh, you're in trouble. Or you have a guy that plays in space, and as soon as he puts his hand down and runs into a 300-pounder, he melts. Um, this guy is the one that can do both. You know, he can handle the, the, the big offensive tackles. And there's two of them at Winton Woods to go against the practice every day. I think they have uh, Narco on one side, who's probably 6'5", 300 and some pounds, and the other kid is, I want to say, 6'7", or 6'8". So he's every day in practice seeing college-sized offensive linemen. But that's what makes him so, so special. And you hear me say the word versatility again. He can do it both. Brass Tax asked the question, <laughs> who's currently the best recruiter at Ohio State? Brian Hartline, OG Walt, or Mrs. Sanchez? <laughs> well, Mr. Guy. Sanchez should be in there too. I don't know, man. I don't think Walton or Hartline has hand-delivered someone as good as Devin Sanchez. She had more to do with that than they did. I think we all know that. Um, there's been a lot of talk of offensive coordinator if if uh, if, if Bill O'Brien leaves. Once again, we are not saying he's leaving, although Bill did. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I need to. I'm just I need kidding, to, Bill. I know. I, just, I need to clarify that one. Well, you made a great point, Dan, about what's going to be out there. Uh, again, I'm not predicting he's leaving. I, know, I was just giving you a hard time, Bill. Uh, um, but, but you are 100 percent right. That's probably going to be the prediction. That's I know. not at all what I'm saying. Do, do we I'm, know the salary of the Boston College head coaching job and the salary of him right now? We uh, don't, but I don't think they're that I, far I think, off. I mean, I, sh I shouldn't bring that up without knowing it, but I would I would be interested to see how that head coaching job compares <clears throat> to a coordinator job at Ohio State. And, you know, there, there are some factors there that. Listen, I heard someone say yesterday that Boston College, I think, in the NIL era is a bottom five job. I, I, Not I, I know the 
the staff there, they're, they're not getting the type of money they want to get. And I think every staff would say that, but I think that coincides with what you're saying is it's a little harder right now for them than some other places. And you would think in that market, they would be able to, you know, own it some, yeah, they would have some big money guys that, so we'll see. Um, and we all know uh, Bill O'Brien also has some familial issues with his son who's very ill and has an unbelievably oppressive disease and his um, specialist is in Boston and people have said, well, well, he's in Alabama. Look, man, don't be questioning people's family decisions if he thinks he needs to go there. He went back to the Patriots. So they obviously clearly had an interest in that. Um, one of the names, there's, uh, listen, every name will come up uh, if O'Brien leaves. T. Martin's name has come up. I don't know much about T. Martin except that he won the championship the year after. Um, Peyton left at Tennessee. I know he's worked at USC at times, and he's got a good reputation. But I would think, and Bill, correct you guys can correct me if I'm wrong, if O'Brien leaves, it's kind of like my vision of right tackle. They're just going to look out there and see who's the best guy and go after him. Wouldn't you think, Bill? Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, you know, when you're Ohio State uh, – they don't call it the Ohio State uh, for no reason at all. You know, there. If Jim O'Brien did leave, there's going to be a lot of a lot of great candidates that would want to take that job. No, no question whatsoever. Yeah, T. Martin has also been with the uh, with the Ravens, and apparently, if you go to the Ravens, you get hired somewhere. That staff gets pilfered, man, every year. Um, and we shall see. Talk about Pilford. Uh, a whole, whole other topic would be what's happening at Michigan. Uh, Can't get in wrong with it, Bill. That's, uh, Seriously. They're, they're, they're uh, having a uh, – yeah, there was a lot of uh, talk that all these different uh, coaches were going to stay, and that didn't exactly pan out exactly uh, like was hoped for in Ann Arbor uh, with uh, – the latest to go. We knew that was going to happen, but Jay Harbaugh's son is the latest to go up there. I'm getting yelled at for interrupting and screaming. If you have watched this show, you know I interrupt and I scream. This is what I do. <laughs> I raise my voice. I get fired up about the Buckeyes, and I don't let people finish. That's why the show goes so long, because I have to let people finish. Um, I apologize for doing that. I do actually work on it. It's not um, my strength. I think we are legally obligated to mention Cedric Works, Northmont defensive end. Every single show, I don't think he's going to get offered without a camp visit. That's my vibe. Mark, your thoughts. I would say that also, but I would also say if the board clears ahead of him, he might be one of the mm. next guys on the board. Right now, we're talking about Justin Hill, and he hasn't made a decision. Um, camp times when decision time comes, and that's when you start to see the reshuffling. But you can guarantee he's only a couple pegs down that board, and it would take a great camp appearance or you know the board to clear in front of him. Deetra Sanchez, once again, trumping everybody. When Bill was here, I loved seeing him with his son. I met him. He was a great person. She is referring to the fact that Bill O'Brien was the coach of the Houston Texans, and the Sanchez's are from Houston. Um if you need to learn more about Bill O'Brien, I suggest you Google it and humble yourself for real. Um, anyone with kids, I have, 
I can't even put my mind around what this guy goes through and what his family is being challenged by. So if he wants, whatever this dude wants to do, he's a saint in my eyes. I'm not even kidding about that. Um, I'm blessed tremendously to have three healthy children and I would never pass judgment on someone else for that. Go ahead, Mark. No, I, I met him when he was at Penn state and it's funny. Um, he's got a little fire and brimstone to him, but then when you see his family side, it, it totally completes the man. You know, you, you can kind of see while wow, he's got both, he's got the compassionate side and he's got the fire and brimstone side and he can be both guys. And he's the guy that I've seen it in the, puts a chew in and sits there and talks to you like, you know, yeah. you're sitting at the bar with a guy. So I, I don't want to get too excited and, and have him leave on me now. Cause you know, that would be no fun, but I really was excited to get down to camps and talk to him again. And yeah. And reconnect because I, you know, he he is one of those people that you should read up on. Listen, um, it's, he's a proven commodity here, people. He was a head coach of the Texans. You don't you don't get to that job without being an excellent football coach. I think people need to dial it back just a bit, and um, and be a little bit more understanding of the situation. And also, this is big money football here, man. You get a chance to set your family up for life or even further. It's always about the money to some extent. We all know that. Um, I can't blame anybody like that. All right, Bill. Can you please tell us why National Signing Day tomorrow is not the be-all, end-all that it once was? For those who don't remember, before the site was the monster it is now, Terrell Pryor on National Signing Day well, it wasn't. I don't even know what signing day. Maybe announced he wasn't going to sign, and it crashed our site. Um, Bill, take it. Well, um, if you're Ohio State, we're really looking at one guy, and if there's not any um, uh, intrigue of what he, that one guy is going to do, it is Dominic Kirks, uh, who did not sign during the early signing period, and. Uh, subsequently decommitted from Washington, committed to Ohio State, and he is unsigned. He is going to be signing with Ohio State, and there you have it. There you have National Signing Day, Ohio State style, in uh, 2024. That will wrap up their class for 2024 um, as things now stand, and I expect them to, 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 to stand that way. And uh, that's what we're going to be doing on uh, National Signing Day, getting the signature of Dominic Kirks on a national letter of intent. So instead of having 25 uh, dudes, we have one. And it's still a great recruiting class. Question, Bill, from the great Miss Sanchez. Do you guys know anything about the early signing day changing to August and September? Yes, there has been uh, much upheaval in the interpretation of the signing day periods and such. There are some that feel uh, with the addition of the transfer portal window that it's not in the right spot. Bill, have you heard either of you heard anything about this possibly changing? Um, I've heard about it, but I, I'll, I'll just give you my thoughts on it. Uh, the earlier it is, it's advantage college. The later it is, it's advantage player. Um, college coaches, uh, if I'm a quarterback coach and I can get my quarterback signed in August and I don't have to worry about him through the season, into the postseason, into February to sign, my feet are up on my desk and I'm very happy. I don't, I'm, my recruiting is over. So that's advantage college coach. Um, you know, if they have to wait till February, like traditionally, they hated it because kids go on visits. Kids get lured by money. Uh, 
wins and losses change opinions. The finish of the season may change an opinion. Uh, and the player, if they're not locked in, you got to call them every week, call them every day, love them up all the time, and you're constantly recruiting. And if you know about recruiting, it's a pain in the arse. Uh, if you're at dinner with your wife and the phone rings, sorry, honey, I got to take it. Your Netflix you and chilling. Yeah, your Netflix and chilling, and someone calls, they're Netflix and chilling. You're in the other room on the phone. I, I don't think coaches want to have to recruit all the way through February. So I know the college coaches will be pushing for this to get kids on an early decision, to get them all excited uh, after a summer visit and get them to commit before the season starts. Um, but so those are my thoughts. I, I I know why they want it moved up, and I know who's going to vote for it to be moved up, but I think the players should be leery of the extra pressure that will now be put on them if they don't sign because that's what's happening after. Oh, you don't want to sign with us in August. Okay. That tells you you don't really don't like us then. And, you know, there's an extra added realm of pressure for the players where they're going to have to make a decision before they ever play their senior year. Remember the days when your senior year mattered in high school? They don't. Doesn't. I mean, I, I remember telling a kid four or five years ago, I'm sorry to tell you that all this lifting you're doing for your senior year and you're going to be at the peak shape and your peak ability for your entire athletic career, and it means nothing in regards to recruiting for Ohio State. They're already full at your position, and they've already moved on to the next class. So this is just going to be another nail in that coffin that your senior year is irrelevant in recruiting. And I shouldn't you- say that. There's always a senior that – pops up that will make that statement null and void. But the, the blanket statement is, yeah, senior year is bleak. Listen, there's an exception to every rule. Anthony Davis was like 6'2 going to his senior year and was 6'9. At the end of it, his offer list went up. Bill, your thoughts on the whole deal? Will they make changes? Um, it's abs- I mean, no one can put it in perspective better than you. This is the wild west of recruiting. It has to be in your history. Yeah, I would just say that um, for a number of years now, I've heard the talk that they're going to change that again, um, move it up to August or September, and it hasn't happened. Um, I, you know, I, I don't want to say it won't happen. They, they're constantly making changes, but I will say that it, this is not the first time that that's been brought up, the possibility of having an early signing period, even earlier. Um they made some what I think are a couple of really good changes. I've talked about this before uh, of when the college coaches go out and visit kids in December and January, uh, they were not previously allowed to talk to the kids at the high schools. They all did. <laughs> it was a ridiculous rule that nobody followed. They all talked to those kids. Uh, every school in the country, their coaches talked to them. Now they've just made it legal that uh, if you are a senior or a junior and you go out to the high schools, in December and January, you can actually sit down and talk to the kids. So that's a great change. Um, if you're a Jew, you know, sophomore, they can't talk to you yet, but it's good. So the so changes are constantly being made. So we'll see if that happens or not. I just know that it's it's been brought up for, for more than just uh, uh, the last few months. We went a little long, then I got a little loud. What's new? Um <laughs> Definitely appreciate these guys stopping by and giving us a good hour here, 54 minutes. We're going to charge you for the hour. you got to raise the six minutes. And uh, we will be all over this. The Bill O'Brien deal is evolving. And who knows, by next uh, Tuesday, shouldn't we have a couple more five stars in the fold? It's only customary. 
Appreciate you guys stopping by. Have a good one. Bye.